0: So um, so I have, I have spent the last 20 years of my career doing marketing in one way or another, and, um, and I, I have um, I've worked in Hollywood, um, but I've also been on both sides of the agency-client relationship in marketing, which has been quite an interesting experience for me. So I've been a leader of big marketing projects on the agency side and then actually got to become my own client or rather I took the role of the client that had formerly been mine. We kind of switched roles, very interesting. Here's a a surprising truth. I found it surprising. Um, 80% of any decision a person makes is emotional. 80%. And what that means, since marketers are in the business of nudging people to make decisions to spend money What that means is that marketers have to deal with feelings, not just their own, which is a whole other story, but to actually talk about feelings, emotional motivations, which are things that frankly, well, do you think feelings have a place in the boardroom? I mean, honestly, in marketing driven organizations, that is a majority of what is talked about, the emotional motivation that gets somebody to make a decision to buy your product. Um, another description I use when I talk about marketing and feelings is that the role of the marketer is not just to get people to buy stuff, it's to matchmake. It's ultimately about getting somebody to open their wallet for your product to connect the person with your product the moment they need it most and will pay most for it, right? Because the moment they need it most, they will pay the most for it. So learning is ultimately what marketers do. Marketing is learning. Now I shared this concept with a a friend of mine um, about a week ago, this idea of marketing being learning. And he said, he said, well, everything is learning. And, uh, and I suppose that philosophically, that's, that's true. But within the corporation or within the organization, it is the express purpose of the marketer to learn everything she or he can about people. What makes them tick? What makes them open their wallets for your product again and again and again? to learn and then share that learning. There's a paradox in marketing today because there are two truths about it you'll hear a lot. You may hear it in your classes or you may not, but I hear it a lot. One truth, marketing is data analytics driven. It is all about the data that we can track about when when a person bought something and why. And consequently, marketing should report to the chief information officer. That's truth number one, it's a valid truth all kinds of white papers being written about it, CMOs freaking out about it. Truth number two, marketing is all about feelings because 80% of decision making is emotional and the data which only records what happened before is not necessarily an accurate predictor of what's going to happen next because everything is contextual and context is always changing. And so marketing as a feelings driven discipline should report to either a marriage counselor or a PhD of psychology. (laughs) Now, if you could find a CIO who's also a marriage counselor and PhD of psychology, what you would have is the mm-hmm. ultimate chief information officer. Because matchmaking requires both, connecting the data and connecting with the feelings. So the, the first question is, um, how, do you, how do you actually understand people's feelings and understand sentiment? So there are a number of market research products out there that, that you can buy services you can buy. That, that's exactly what they do. They understand sentiment. And sentiment can be tracked through things like studying tweets, looking for word recognition. Like it actually can be captured like any other data. So there, is, there, is kind of a, there are sort of cheap ways of doing it using technology. Um, but the other way to do it is just to ask people. So the first question I asked you all tonight was how you were feeling. And you said, great, good, great, and not enough cheese. How are we doing on cheese now? by the way, <laughs> sorted. Okay. Um, so I, so I think just, just ask, it's amazing how people are uncomfortable doing it. I mean, even died in the wool markers, right? Arpit and I had colleagues who, who, they would talk about market research and insight all the time, but did they, how often did even they say, and how do you feel about that? It's just not something even in, you know, touchy feely America, we're not that comfortable doing. It doesn't feel natural to do it in a business setting. So you simply ask, and you know what's amazing? People will tell you. He hadn't had enough cheese, he told me. People will tell you. What I don't think is such an effective technique, I think it's, it's 30 years out of date, is focus groups. And yet a lot of people rely on focus groups. Here's why I don't like focus groups. Um, they, they are all about the social dynamic and one-upmanship in the room. They are not an accurate reflection of, so even if you have a focus group about feelings, you're not really gonna. You're not really gonna get feelings out. The other way of of kind of understanding sentiment is just to to watch people. Observing is a is a more is one of the most useful tools we have, and so few marketers do it. Automotive designers do it. Toyota invented the hatchback because they saw people in back pain loading groceries into their cars in the '70s. They watched. They they hung out in in car parks outside supermarkets. Watched people. So, observing is, it, is, all, is just as old as focus groups, but it holds true to this day. And with the internet, creepy as the sounds, there's all kinds of ways of, of observing what people are doing, even tracking facial expressions, etc. cetera. Uh, the, the second question was what platform is next? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, if I I, I. I don't particularly like the term digital because. Everything is digital. Like a poster, in traditional marketing, um, you'll you'll divide your marketing budget into like outdoor, out of home, in-store, like you divide all these channels up. But actually everything is digital now because if a poster has a URL on it, you can look it up on your smartphone and boom, it's digital. It could even be transactional. And with optical recognition, you won't even need a QR code soon. You'll just, like, scan something, flip your phone out of your pocket and scan it, and boom, it's digital. So um, that said, I, I think uh, outdoor is underutilized, actually. That, that marketing messages that are out in the environment are having, a bit, of a, is having a, a, a bit of a resurgence. And it may seem very traditional, things like posters and billboards, and, but that kind of ambient... Um, messaging is is still relatively inexpensive compared to things like broadcast advertising. And I think it's very impactful because increasingly, especially with mobile technology, we get off our asses and away from the TV and out into the world. People eat out more, they travel more, they're out in the world more. A lot of people talk about mobile advertising being the next big digital thing. These ad banners that we thought 20 years ago would go away are going to go away eventually and they will be supplanted with mobile. But do you really want ads popping up on your phone when you turn it on? No. But what you might want, might even crave, is that your phone knows something you need and it just kind of guides you to it. It knows when you're hungry and it guides you to the kind of food that you're eating because you're on a diet or abandoning your diet, as the case may be. That kind of matchmaking could be a new... Marketing platform wouldn't be an ad. It's not the same as advertising. It literally is matchmaking, um, and I I see that coming in the next two to three years. A lot of lot of providers are trying to crack that code. Anybody here trying to crack that? There's a lot. There's a lot of work in that space. One last thought I will leave you with. So I'm well aware that here I am, and here we all are together in an educational institution, and, and I've been I've been thinking about about all of you and the, the choice the choice that you have all made to, to be here and be part of this program, you know, you're, all of you are so accomplished. And I thought, why on earth would you decide to take weekends out of your precious personal time and add to the burden of tasks that you already have to be part of a program like this for an extended period of time? And of course, you know, we can talk about that after, why you each made that, that choice. But I suspect that it has something to do with the, the realization that, that by adding to your knowledge and skills, adding the prestige of a title, which affects appearance, and by building, through the learning, building deeper relationships with other people, that it will actually not only make you feel enriched, but it will in very real ways, enrich you back. It improves your ability to be who you are in the world and attract and create more value, right? Well, for that reason alone, all of you are marketers. Thank you.